Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, uh, in, in, against deaths, I think, very good. Um, and less protection against uh, infection. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, January 12th, 2021. Very important show for you today. I, I, I decided to focus this. I put a lot aside today. There's a lot of good, very solid, well-researched, objective, independent media individuals out there covering a lot of the other stuff that I haven't, that I might not get into till tomorrow. And this is, you, know, you probably know all the things that you're talking about, the, the McDonald's and, and discussion around the, the charity and how that child was removed. And they're important topics. Today, we're going to focus on one specific thing. Now, you know, I've been following the, the data around the UK, Scotland, Ontario, basically anywhere that's actually showing you the breakdown between vaccinated and unvaccinated within the, the, very, the, the one dose, two dose, three dose, all of it. And then breaking that by, you know, by vaccination status and all the breakdowns. You're not finding that from the CDC. We're going to show you today exactly why that is, why, I mean, why the, they're not the same when you look at both, why one is showing you one thing and one showing you the other, and why I think they're being manipulated. But that specifically today in Scotland. Now you, could, now, you could take this as one isolated point and pretend that everything else is different and Scotland is the one place this is happening. You know that's not true, especially if you watch this show. But we're going to just look at Scotland today. Well, I shouldn't say that. We're going to look at some Ontario as well. But the focal point will be Scotland's most recent report that it came out today or yesterday. And we're going to show you what it shows you in this report. And I'm going to very carefully focus in on this one thing. Because I'm not sure if everybody's actually un- digesting how important this la- the information is from the UK and elsewhere. Now, I know what their argument is. I know how I know that they're trying to argue that this is a misrepresentation. That no, no, it's just, you know, there, there's mostly people vaccinated, which by the way, is not even true everywhere that this is happening. Even in the United States, we're only about 60%. So you can't pretend that when there's 80% of something in one of these categories, that that's because most people are vaccinated. You could make that argument, but you damn well better have the data to back it up. And they don't. Now, what we're going to show you today is that that's not the case, especially in Scotland, because the most recent report, which probably speaks to why they tried to hide the last week and then got caught and tried to jam it in the middle one there, is that it's not only in almost every category, the vast majority, or rather, well, the vast majority in the fully vaccinated, fully injected, but then you look at the per 100,000 for cases, for hospitalizations, and for deaths, and every single one of them is higher in the fully injected. Every single one of them. Now, there's no way to misunderstand what that shows you. You could pretend that there's a reason that that's justified, and here's why we'll explain it, and it's still a pandemic of the vaccinated or the unvaccinated. That's what they want you to think. Now, if there is some kind of unknown explanation, I'll wait for it, and we'll dissect it when it comes out, but there's not. 
The reality is that they're trying to tell you that this is a misrepresentation. Then when the data comes out that shows you that not only there's more cases, more hospitalizations, and more deaths on the side of the people injected, but then also that the risk per 100,000 is still higher for the category of the fully injected, there's no way to misunderstand that. So we're going to go through it today, just Scotland, and we're going to break it down, along with some other side information that makes it all the more clear. And to see that ultimately this is beyond a shadow of a doubt, in everywhere, everywhere the data is clear. And by the way, I would argue in the United States as well, based on all the ways we've seen them in overtly and caught doing so, try to alter things to change the way they want you to see it, that this is a pandemic of the injected. And it's pretty simple, especially when you stand back and realize all the other things that you can add to this conversation, not just the data, but other things as well, the adverse events, or rather just the effects of the injection that are causing all sorts of other things that we're not talking about, or how every other part of their narrative has shifted and changed. And, and now now it's exactly what we told you it was back then, but we're still wrong because we didn't know why we were right. And it's that ridiculous, but not waste any more time. Let's jump right in. Oops. That's the video that I'm going to be playing. Sorry, wrong button. But let's jump right into it to start off with an important conversation that many of you pointed out. Now, this is this is the one thing we're going to get into that's sort of that's not necessarily tied to the larger point of the pandemic of the injected. I mean, I guess it really is, to be quite honest, because it is still true. Now, this is not a correction, as many of you might have thought. There's two. There's something important that happened with this discussion. Now, actually, what I should do to uh, show you my show in general Yesterday, I discussed what the Pfizer CEO said in an interview. And in fact, it turns out that this, the report that caught my, that made me focus on this, which was from Jordan Satchtel, has been updated. And he, he added it. We'll get to that in a second. There, now, apparently, he had conflated two interviews in his digest, when, as he digest, or as he reviewed this information. One of them was, it was it with Squawk Box, and the other one was with something, uh, with, I believe it was, I forget, with another outlet. One of them, apparently, and I'm not even completely sold on this, to be quite honest, but it's really irrelevant to the larger point, that he's discussing specifically one of the shingles injections that was the new deal Pfizer was making. And that's where it came into the conversation of where he, quote, quote, said, doesn't meet the safety profile, or not exact quote, but basically claimed that it doesn't meet the profile as we had hoped. That's apparently where he was saying that exact phrase in regard to the shingles vaccine. Now, as you remember, what now, and here's the point on my title from yesterday. I, I didn't put this in quotes, and this is a really important point for me, and I make this all the time. Here's the, here's the show. I said in my title, and yes, this it was in my mind because of the safety profile comment, Pfizer says jab not meeting safety profile. Now, what he says in regard to the two shots and the third and regard to Pfizer is, it, is literally what that says. We are not, I'll, I'll play it for you right now. If I'd put this in quotes, you could argue that I was implying literally what he said about the safety profile. Now, I understand that there's nuance here. Now, realize what he said in this clip, which we'll play for you, which, by the way, Pfizer has already tried to get removed because it's true. And you'll see why. That's true. And he says very clearly, two doses of the vaccine offer very little protection, if any. Now, that statement is undeniable. And he's talking about Pfizer. I'll play it for you in a second. So let's stand back for a minute and ask ourselves, if he's telling you two shots, which is still considered fully injected in this country, does not offer protection, if protection, if any, can we all agree that that does not meet the safety profile that they told you in the beginning? Obviously, obviously, 
Even if you say, well, the third one works, but that's not the conversation. And it doesn't, by the way. Science has already shown that as well as what they end up getting into. But it's obvious that two shots, which is fully injected, is not meeting their safety profile. There you go. That's pretty simple. Now, if he's discussing that in that exact terminology, and why don't we just jump into his article here? He says, after once claiming his shots were 100% effective, Pfizer CEO says two shots offers very little protection, if any, which that was what I was focusing on. But it goes in to say, Right here. Now, this is the point where he updates his thing. He says, an earlier version of this post misinterpreted Pfizer CEO, uh, his English. It seems like he was sowing doubt about the safety of his own COVID shot. Instead, he was alluding to a, quote, safety profile issue regarding his competitor's current shingles vaccine, which he claimed can be solved by mRNA. So you see the weird difference there. You see the issue. Now, every, and I, I swear to you, I feel like sometimes these things happen on, I'm not even arguing that necessarily Jordan was the one that would do this on purpose, but this is a real thing. This part of the discussion is very real. He very clearly told you this, and that's not, people don't want you to see that. Two doses of the vaccine offers very little protection, if any. Then all of a sudden it gets conflated with this idea about the safety profile and the shingles vaccine. Now, none of it is real in the minds of the people trusting the mainstream media. You see how that works? They're still telling you you're fully injected. You're still safe. But he literally just told you that that's not true. That's the clip I played when we opened here. Let me play it again. Might as well. Actually, I feel like I can just play it on this clip right here. Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a the booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, uh, in, in, against deaths, I think, very good. Um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now, that's just, that's not true. And I'll show you the data. I mean, it's really not. I mean, it's, it does not. He's saying, he, he, by the way, he said he thinks, by the way, reasonable. That doesn't sound very good to me anyway. But he's talking about the third, first of all. So two, and that's very clear. The graph is about coronavirus. So let's just put to bed that this is not about the two, the injection for Pfizer. It is. Now, whether or not he mentioned something about a safety profile in regard to the shingles vaccine is irrelevant in regard to this point. Then let's take it to the next point. I mean, it's relevant in regard to how people might have conflated it. And, and, and including myself, by the way, reading this in the first article in the discussion, all I was focusing on was the video. And then, of course, the, the conversation of the interview, which was paywalled behind ABC and how and how they were the same. And I was going off Jordan's research there. So that is true. But that wasn't the point that I was focusing on or how really anybody should have. This is the point. And then you can see the video has been disabled on Twitter in response to a report by the copyright owner. Pfizer literally made a claim to remove their CEO's comments. You, you, first of all, you realize that this is public domain. I mean, this is even for, especially from a journalist perspective, you're even allowed to use media and sports, even though they do that all the time and censor it. And they're pulling this because somebody posted a live report of a video interview. That's cr come on. We must see that there's a reason they didn't want that shown even though it's real, even though he said it, even though it's actually correct, because it's not. And they're all telling you that. Now, yes, it was in the context of Omicron. Yes, he's telling you the third shot would do something better, even though the real world science is showing you that's not true. Okay, just so that's clear. I really wanted that to be put to bed because there's a lot of back and forth here in the conversation. 
Now, if you want to go back and review my interview, my show, and you still think I'm missing something, please, please reach out. I was going back and forth with somebody in the comments, and I appreciate that they're trying to show me, especially if I did truly make a mistake, that we can correct those things. I feel that this is accurate. I feel that the Pfizer is not meeting the safety profile. That's what he says when you sell two shots don't work. It's right there. Check it out for yourself. Now, going into the next part to show you some of the illusion continuing to break down before we take the bulk of the show and discuss the data. This was sent to me by my brother today, and this is really, I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous the way that we're watching them slowly step into all of the other things that we were recently told were stupid and crazy and wrong. Now, this is, of course, the people like the Dr. McCullough's out there, Peter McCullough or the Dr. Artis or anybody out there that's been screaming about early treatment, early treatment, and they're being suppressed and censored. Now, look, you they can conflate that as meaning only ivermectin or only whatever thing they're talking about in their minds. That's not what they're saying. Yes, they're focusing on things like ivermectin or how things like remdesivir are pretty much, pretty much a death sentence for 53% of the people that use it, according to their own research. But there's also a lot of other things that they discuss, early treatment in general, immune, immunity, Im, immune system improvement, vitamin D, vitamin C, whatever else. So the interesting part is that now that they've attacked that this whole time, two years, as my brother said, took only took them two years to figure it out. Here's what Fauci is literally saying today. There's this new thing we need to be talking about, like just early treatment. Maybe we can save ourselves what? The entire illusion that created the COVID-19 narrative? Yeah, all the things that we didn't do and all the things that we did in nursing homes and everywhere else that created the illusion of a pandemic? Yeah, now we can start doing that. Why? Maybe it'll make everything look like it's working. These are just my overarching thoughts. But just recognize how ridiculous it is that we're at a point where they're only just now, of all this time, discussing the idea of early treatment. And in, in the biggest pandemic of the century, they tell us. I mean, that is just ridiculous. That is so, I, this happened last time. That is so strange. Hold on a second. I don't know what it is that StreamYard has some weird issue with certain types of videos. I don't understand it. Oh, that's what I had to do last time. That's right. I'll just screenshot it real quick. Hold on one second. That is really odd to me. I don't know what kind of file it is because I play different kinds all the time like this that work, but oh well. This is a clip from the coronavirus briefing, which basically my brother watches these for me on a regular basis because I just get tired of watching them all the time. And, oh, that's right. I have to open it. And clips out the things that he think might be important or relevant and we you know review and we discuss. Here we go. Okay. No further ado. Screen share, screen share. There we go. All right. Response. Next slide. What we really want to do, among several other things, is to prevent people from progressing to serious disease. And you do that by treating people as out patients, thereby reducing the visit to urgent care setting, to hospitalizations and ultimately deaths. You reduce the duration of illness. You reduce to some extent infectivity and transmission. And importantly, particularly as we're dealing with this extraordinary situation with Omicron, you minimize the stress on the healthcare system. The extraordinary situation. I mean, isn't it just still ridiculous how often they try to play up the, the absolutely unparalleled situation that is Omicron? 
That's not even remotely true. I mean, they, well, by the way, that's just how they keep playing up everything about this. Biggest pandemic in a century, yet we're doing like 40 other agendas simultaneously underneath all of this because we're, you know, we have all that extra time during the pandemic of a century that's not really happening. But on top of that, is it unprecedented? I mean, for crying out loud, it's, 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 if, if what they're telling you is true, it is more transmissible and not more dangerous. And all they can do is hype up the unknown, and that means we're in danger. I mean, it's just, it's just, but he, Fauci just keeps going at this. It's never before seen unprecedented. Okay. It doesn't really feel that way. According to literally every expert around the world or Botswana or South Africa or anybody else is telling you it's like bottomed out right now with the problem, 90% reduction in hospitalization. But back to the point. Yeah. Okay. You know, because Fauci made it clear they're called outpatients. In case you didn't know, it's called outpatients. Like it's a new thing we're discovering right now. Like even the way he says it. Yeah. That's exactly what we knew and we're screaming about from day one. Deal with it. Or how about the how about the situation with people like my father, who months ago was sent home after to, to being told he had COVID nineteen. Somebody with comorbidities, with heart problems, go home. Let us know when you're dying. Only now, two years in, Fauci's like, let's start dealing with it. Come on, guys. This is incredible. There's nobody with an honest cell in their body that cannot stand up and go, what in the hell? How is it only now that we're standing up and saying, how about we do things to these people before they're in the hospital dying? I mean, it's just, I mean, it really does speak to the whole triage system of our medical treatment in general. Maybe why leading cause of death in this country, one of them almost always is our own medical treatment. <laughs> Uh, just speaks to the absurdity that is our medical treatment. Like the joke that I've made many times is we're going to look back 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, hopefully sooner than that, and go, man, it's crazy that back in the day we used to call medicine basically giving ourselves chemicals and cutting things off our body. Yay, that's health, health in the, the Western medical system. Our bodies know how to heal themselves, guys, and that's the last thing that they want you to understand. And that's what we're finally beginning to come to terms with again today. That our bodies understand these things. They seemingly seemingly do not. Anyway, one of the illusions is that we can now treat you before. <laughs> oh, two years in. Good job. Well, here's what somebody was actually just pointing out again, I thought was important. I like Joe Rogan. The, I like Joe Rogan's podcast. It's an insight, it's insightful and informative, just a thought says. But y'all are losing focus. If I see one more post about how Joe Rogan broke the narrative and they're all scared with 30,000 likes, I'm gonna lose it. They're not scared, and y'all need to stop blindly trusting anyone, just anyone. I completely agree with that to a degree. I said I couldn't ple- completely. I agree with that to a degree, mostly. I said I do actually think the collective efforts of the independent media have caused a break in the agenda. I truly believe that, guys, if only temporary, but not because Joe Rogan broke the narrative. That, I feel, is the limited hangout, even if he doesn't know that. And you know I've been saying that from the beginning. I, I strongly believe that. And I just want to point this out, and this makes me happy to see. Ordo points out, Ryan, I'm running into all sorts of people who once believed everything that power told them and now are questioning everything. It's a beautiful thing. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Finally, as Bill Gates says, the vaccines we have prevent that we have prevent severe disease and death very well, incorrect, but they are missing two key things. That right there challenges everything they said in the beginning. Right. They, oh, it, it stops transmission. It's all about transmission. Right. This will be made. This will be used to stop transmission. That's what they kept telling us. Right. That was the whole point. I was just going to play that opening to that so you can see him say it. I lost it, though. <laughs> right here. What the world. Oh, well, I've got so many videos on this thing now. It's ridiculous. But as you all know, I, this, I think this one might have done it. 
There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to You're not going to get COVID. During 2021, we should be able to manufacture a lot of vaccines, and, and that vaccine, a key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. We can kind of almost see the end. We're, we're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. Oh, does it now? You're so informed. Well, we know that's not true. They lied, or they didn't know. Either way. Then it goes on to say, first, they still allow infections breakthrough. Like this weird, rare thing that we're dying. This is so stupid. And the duration appears to be limited. I mean, what, do you, what does that even mean? This unelected, non-scientist, non-doctor is saying they appear to be limited based on what data? Bill Gates. That's literally the opposite of everything you can look at right now. It's aggressively on the side of the fully injected, and it doesn't seem limited at all, in fact. They keep arguing it lessens the symptoms, but this thing is less in general. It is all, everybody with Omicron, according to their narrative, is less symptoms, so it doesn't make sense. The point is, as we'll get into all of the data, it's way, 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 way more in every category. All of them. We need vaccines that prevent reinfection. Yeah, that's called natural immunity. I know you chose to forget that and have many years of duration. This is obvious. Now, first of all, this is a ridiculous conversation that they block all the comments on that was completely contrived. As I said, the statement, although completely a staged conversation and riddled with half-truths and flat-out misinformation, would have been censored as fake news like a month ago. Of course, if it wasn't Bill Gates. But since this unelected non-doctor, non-scientist says so, well, now the truth is allowed to be acknowledged, in part, hashtag COVID clown world, which brings us to the reality of their current push to lie to you in every possible way. Yes, they're back at it again, despite the fact that the last CDC absurdity about the fat, the natural immunity and back and forth about how you're this many times more likely based on a small Kentucky study over so many weeks with a few people based on despite it, which, by the way, challenged like the entirety of the scientific literature from every publication. Well, here we are again. And this is not a joke. They're just doubling down and we'll go through all the data, including the CDC and CDC's information. That they're trying to tell you that you are 17 times more likely to go to the hospital if you're not injected. Well, we can look at Scotland and UK and everywhere else right now, and, that, and it'll directly show you that's not true. But boy, maybe everywhere else is different, and this is in the United States, right? Well, we can look at the United States, and I'll point out to you why I think they're playing this game with data. And it's my opinion, but you guys can take it for what you will. At the very least, if there are multiple locations that are having the exact opposite of that, where the injected are almost the entire problem and the people who aren't injected are not having a problem, there should be at least a discussion about whether or not there's some manipulation happening, but that's not happening. They refuse to let us talk about this. Now, here's the clip. We'll play you Pisaki here and her, and her absurd narrative about the times. You know, basically, by the way, also note that these times this or times that aren't actually lining up depending on where you look. It seems like they're just quoting numbers all over the place. Saying that the science says that vaccines prevent death, but I'm triple. My God, can I just point something out? By the way, how in the world are we at a place where what that guy is wearing on his face is the norm? I mean, how stupid are we? Gosh darn it! It just—I mean, 
It, it drives me crazy. And now, of course, they've all shifted away from the cloth mask because we were liaring and fake news, conspiracy theories, putting everyone at risk when we were screaming that they were dangerous back in the beginning. But now it's okay, and we were right, even though we were still wrong because we got just, I guess, got lucky and we're still wrong somehow. I mean, it's the same argument. But that's dumb because it's the same point, all of them all the way around. All of them. Not statistically significant. They had this everywhere before we got to COVID clown world. And now that's what we look like. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I mean, people, we're going to say I, I could go off forever. The mask thing just drives me crazy because of how obviously wrong it is. Vaxxed, still got COVID. Science says that vaccines prevent death. But not true. I'm way. triple vaxxed, still got COVID. You're triple vaxxed, still got COVID. Why is the president still referring to this as a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Now, before she answers, this is the primary question of today's point. Right. I want you to really take a moment and think about this, the differentiation between whether or not somebody is catching this, whether or not people are dying or hospitalized from something or this, and then whether or not those things all equal a pandemic of these, this or that. Right. So what is it that actually is creating a pandemic? First of all, the most obvious, and, this, and I'm not trying to get into if this is real or that's real or they're lying about this, just for a general sense, talking about what we're told the pandemic is. What's, what is continuing or spreading or growing a pandemic? Obviously transmission. That's the only thing we're talking about. Now, yes, hospitalization and even death obviously puts strain on the system and we know all their narratives, right? It's not even wrong necessarily. People in the hospital increase, you know, take capacity, take work, and then all of a sudden there's no more room for other people and we see this discussion. Okay, so that obviously plays a factor. But let's make it clear that transmission is what continues and grows and spreads the pandemic. And the other parts are just other factors to a varying degree that influence that. Okay, so if we're asking point blank why we're calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated, when we're seeing, first of all, that the vaccinated can still spread it, then, which we'll get into, even in the United States, that the majority of the cases are on the side of the fully injected. Even the CDC shows you that. Remember, even the per 100,000 showed in most categories that it was still the highest in the fully injected. So if we're, if we're seeing that, isn't that an obvious pandemic of the injected that they're the ones continuing to spread it? And they're the ones even most likely, since they're the majority, giving it to the, inje- the if you think that's happening, the uninjected? Why don't they talk about that? Because look, they can spread it. They're all admitting that. So what about the unvaccinated person there who's getting at risk? Because their under argument that they don't want to say is that, well, you chose not to get it. So you allowed yourself to be put at risk, right? That, that's what they're, they don't want to get into that though. The reality is that if they're spreading it, they're the ones continuing the issue. And if they're the ones with the most cases, they're the ones perpetuating the pandemic, period. Then you could point at the hospitalizations and deaths and however you want to factor that in. But then you have to ask yourself, are how many of those people are people with one shot or people with two shots in before 14 days? How I mean, how many people are getting PCR tests that aren't actually accurate? How many people in there are dying from some other cause and being called COVID-19? All of these factors have a relevance to this conversation. None of those are being factored in. Okay, so if we're discussing very clearly that people spreading this are what they're what historically and today would be would would be considered the perpetuation of the pandemic. So keep that in mind. COVID, your triple vaxxed, still got COVID. Why is the president still referring to this as a pandemic of the unvaccinated? 
Well, I, I think, Peter, there's a significant difference between, and you just you just experienced this, and not to expose your public health experience, but... Oh, but you did, Pisaki, and that's not okay. But we'll just pretend like it's normal because today everyone's getting exposed, right? That wasn't by accident, I don't think. I don't even think this question is by accident, to be quite honest. I think this has been staged, my opinion. I can speak to mo- mine as well. I had been triple vaxxed. I had minor symptoms. There is a huge difference between that and being unvaccinated. You are 17 times more likely to go to the hospital if you're not vaccinated, 20 times more likely to die. Now, are we going to pretend, first of all, that Pisaki has researched this data and knows this or no, or is just reciting what she was told by the CDC? We know that's what they do. It's not even a secret. We know that. They're all open about that. They trust the experts, right? So they don't actually digest it and think about it and research. They don't do that. You could argue they have and they can and they do, but in a general sense, we know that they don't. They're open about it. They just trust what the scientists and experts tell them, and they tell us that's what smart people do. So when we actually look at the information, it's very clear that there's an endless amount of caveats that you could add in there, strings to pull that could easily manipulate this, and I'll show you the most obvious one that's not being factored in on top of everything else we already discussed. But she's telling you right here that they're this much more likely. Well, first of all, what was the first thing she said? I had been triple vaxxed. I had minor symptoms. Right. So the minor symptoms. So too does literally everybody with Omicron. So the science says. That's what they're telling you. That's why hospitalizations drop 80% in Botswana. That's why we're seeing that. So when they keep pretending, this is what that tweet said the other day. How is it that people who get sick with when they're injected, it's because the injection helped them, but people who get sick without it, it's because Omicron's mild? No, it's, it's the same argument. If it's, if it's equally not hurting everybody, then you don't get to point at that and say, vaccine works over here. It doesn't. And, it, and then, then factor in how it's any different than what happened before with Delta, whatever else, whatever you think is happening. Delta, or whether it's flu and combination pneumonia and everything else, we can see the illusion beginning to spin out of control here, guys. They're pushing in their narrative just like they did before to justify what they want you to think is happening. The data does not back this up. Now, the last part was telling you the times part, and we'll get we'll just we'll just end it right there and jump over back to. Oh, well, actually, before I get to the data to, to show you what she the, the, the misrepresentation, take note of this first of all. Here we are where she's saying 17 times more likely to go to the hospital. Okay, well, here's the news saying 14 times. Hmm. Looks like they got their wires crossed. Maybe because they mix the numbers up. Well, this one says 11 times more likely to die. What is she saying? Oh, weird. 20 times. Hmm. I guess they're a little confused, right? Maybe it's just those two. Maybe everyone else got it right. Well, here's, uh, what was it? Oh, well, here, I'll get to this in a second. Here's the actual CDC page. What do they have to say? Oh, wait a minute. Well, they say five times more likely to get it, 14 times more likely to die, and then hospitalization doesn't see, oh, it's right. uh, Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. They just, I guess, forgot to include hospitalization in this graph. Oops. Back to the point. We'll get to that in a second. So literally everywhere you look is different. Pasaki says one thing. The news here on, what is this? Good Morning America says one thing. Then CDC's website says the other. So are any, like, think about how stupid that is. Pasaki's supposed to be the ones telling you this is the truth. And this is why you're wrong. This is why it's a pandemic. Well, she doesn't even know the numbers. I mean, guys, this is the this is where they're pulling this from. She's misciting these things. Of course, it's just a, a casual mistake, and she made the wrong point. Okay, otherwise, the media doing the same thing. I don't think it matters. I think it's about yelling, you're all going to die, and it's 30,000 times more likely to do whatever we want you to think it does. That's what I think. It's just ridiculous to me. 
5.2 million new cases. Oh, don't forget, we're still screaming about cases, the case-demic. Even though, remember, in the very beginning, it went cases until that started falling off. And then it followed the death, the death, the death. And then when death went away, and then went back to cases. It's whatever they can use to get you hyped and scared. What do cases matter in a situation where we're acknowledging the PCR test is not accurate? In a situation where we know flu has been combined? In a situation where we know people with multiple comorbidities are who are actually being pointed at? But let's keep yelling about cases every day. Oh, did you hear today? There's 500 new cases. We're all going to die. Well, is that what it means? Obviously not. But they'll keep yelling it at you because they want you scared. Here's another clip from Good Morning Nashville. Maryland, Maine, and Massachusetts all leaning on the National Guard as a record number of COVID patients flood. Please forgive the noise in the background. The person who recorded it for me can, can laugh about that, but you can, you can hear it. It's close enough. Basically saying the same point, and this is on a live feed, live, you know, morning show. At U.S. hospitals. Even though. Emergency orders. Maryland, Maine, and Massachusetts all leaning on the National Guard as a record number of COVID patients flood U.S. hospitals. Even though they say Omicron is probably more mild, uh, I don't think we're necessarily seeing that with the unvaccinated. I mean, seriously? I mean, guys, seriously? Even though they say it's probably more mild, like this is getting comical. How? And this is what I keep pointing out. Do you not? Do you notice that we've never gotten back to the trend? Is it more dangerous? Right? We know that it's more mild. We know that it, at least. And this is. I don't, I'm not saying I know because in regard to that, I'm agreeing with their narrative. What I'm saying is based on how they operate their narrative. They've already established this. The scientific research that they claim is what we need to look at has already shown that this is dramatically more transmissible and barely dangerous, right? That's what they're telling us from other sides of the narrative, peer-reviewed research, and so on. So why is he standing up and going, well, we think this? Well, based on this is what I'm this is what I'm getting at from his perspective as a doctor who's supposed to be trusting the science. Well, that's pretty damn clear what the science is saying. So why is he acting like it's up in the air? Because the narrative is guiding his mindset. The narrative is, well, we don't know for sure. It could be just right around the corner could kill us all. Based on what exactly? Oh, your hypothetical fear about how COVID could kill us all. Not science. Great. But the point is, well, we could know. It, it just never ends. They just keep going. And this is the one telling you, oh, an unprecedented amount of cases in hospitals. Well, again, we are actually in real time watching the breaking of the narrative around child hospitalizations. And why was that again? With and from. And yet here we are again in the middle of that breakdown going, look at all the hospitalizations. We just broke down how this is being deceived or we are being deceived in this idea. With and from are not the same thing. The CDC just had to admit that the vast, I mean, people had like four comorbidities. The vast majority of people who were already in the hospital. I mean, you're basically just making rounds through hospitals and testing everybody there and saying, well, most of you got COVID now. Oh, you're a broken leg. You're a heart attack. You're this, you're that. And then they leave and they're all COVID cases. Even if they don't get sick from COVID, even if they die later from something else, it's a COVID death. They're admitting this right now. And yet here we are. Shocking number of cases overwhelming the hospital. All leaning on the National Guard as a record number of COVID patients flood U.S. hospitals. Even though they say Omicron is probably more mild, uh, I don't think we're necessarily seeing that with the unvaccinated. New data from the CDC. You don't think we're going to be seeing that in the unvaccinated. Explain that to me. Why exactly? So they're telling you it's more mild in general. Botswana, South Africa for everybody. Everybody. And he just goes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. That's <laughs> very scientific. Thanks, doctor. Okay, so here we are again. 
with this statement being 17 and 20, right? Okay, well, that's not true. Here's the CDC data right now, as of this moment, 14 and 20. 14. And you know why they said 17? Because they're just citing what Paskey said on the news. That's it. There's no, because they're just regurgitating what she said. Great journalism, guys. Yet we're the crazy ones, right? We're the fake news over here while we're reporting the facts. Sorry. Oh, that's right. I was on a video. It's just, it's incredible. From COVID, this is an extraordinary virus, the likes of which we have not seen even close to in well over 100 years. Ah, ah, okay. So he's referring back to, you know, the, the, the Kansas flu, which is where it actually started. And that's on Wikipedia. You can look it up. That's the Spanish flu, 1918. Spain, Spain was just the first group to point it out, which is oddly relevant to how this all started today. It's a China flu because the first one's pointed out. It's pretty clear in my mind that it didn't start there, or at the very least wasn't organically, <laughs> however you want to look at that. But he's telling you, unprecedented, never before seen. They're actually still driving this in right now, despite that being pretty obviously not true. It's less risk than the flu, but because of all of our hypothetical long shots, even though long, long COVID is also become, falling apart in front of you. The peer, last peer-reviewed study said that it was psychosomatic, but we'll keep pointing at it and say, well, you don't know for sure. It could be. So we'll keep going with its worst thing ever since forever because it could be. It is a very wily virus. It's fooled everybody all the time. It's fooled everybody all the time. <laughs> Great. Well, why should we trust you then? Seeing as how you didn't know what you were talking about. Well, because it fooled us. It's a trick. Well, as we step into the pandemic of the injected, I wanted to point this out. I used the same clip today. I actually put up a clip on Super U of a, it was a Brock West is back making some large clips working with Star and, and making some really great clips on the last couple of shows. This one's in regard to the 1722 show. I used the same graphic just because I thought it was such a great image. This one's the clip. By the way, don't watch the mass psychosis one. Something's wrong. It didn't see there's an issue with Super U in that video right now, so I'll circle back and fix that. But I wanted to throw that out there so you could watch it for yourselves. Well, let's start off in the section of the data showing you the main point that I made yesterday before we explain why the CDC is lying about this as well. Now, in my opinion, right now in Ontario. This is just one's place. It's just Ontario. What I showed you the other day, and I think this is really important. Right now, in as of January 3rd, at the very least, they have over 12 million people that only have had one dose. That's more in total than their entire fully vaccinated population, which is only 11 million. Right? So that's 77% of the population has had, is, is according to them, fully injected. 82% of the population has only had one dose. That's one dose. Okay. So understand if we have more people in this population that are only, ha only have one dose, which by the way, is not considered in, you know, for, of course, for the, including the caveat for people that might've gotten a single dose only shot. But I, my point is I would argue that would be included in fully vaccinated because one shot if, of Johnson, let's say is supposed to be considered fully vaccinated, right? So if you only got one shot, uh, well, one shot of Johnson Johnson, you'd be in the fully vaccinated category, right? So everybody else who only got one shot and hasn't finished are in this category more. So just imagine for a moment how you could use that to manipulate the breakdown, right? You could very easily calling every one of these people not vaccinated, change everything, literally everything, especially since it's, it's in, it's more than the total of the injected population. You see what I'm saying? Then you have to figure that one dose is causing problems too. We've seen that. People are getting heart attacks and dying and hospitalization on and on and on and on. 
So just keeping this in mind, recognize this is not fully vaccinated. And in the CDC data, what you'll notice quite easily, and by the way, as I said before, it just cases and deaths. Why exactly? Isn't the hospitalization their biggest? I mean, she's screaming right now about how there are more hospitals. Well, where's the data? Cases and deaths. But you can see. Uh, I just lost my train. Oh, that, 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 um. Oh, that's what it was. I almost lost that. So you can see that all they're doing is unvaccinated and fully vaccinated. That's it. Fully vaccinated, as they point out, only means. Oh, I thought I had it highlighted on this page. Oh, right here. Uh, Fully. It's only fully vaccinated, unvaccinated, which means fully vaccinated is 14 days after two shots and forward. Unvaccinated is anything else below that. And I mean, quite honest, I mean, who knows if they're even, I mean, it's based on their narrative. They're not including the third shot for fully vaccinated. So they say, but regardless, that's a huge caveat. Okay. So going, keeping that in mind, let's jump into the data from Scotland. And you know, I've been doing this over and over and over every time it comes up page 48. So this one is the last report. This is the old report that we just went over, or this is the, the sec, the one beforehand we went over this one. Then we went over this one. And this is the one that it changed. Remember? Sorry, I didn't have these open. Okay. So we've been going over this week by week. This was the one, the week before last we went over. This is the one we went over last time. Then you remember that what happened was they got caught using old data. If you didn't, if you didn't know this, this should go back and watch the previous shows. Basically, Public Health of Scotland used the data from the week before and put out a new report. No information, no updates, not, and until so we pointed it out, then a couple days later, whether they caught it or we, they caught us talking about it, they updated revision and added the information. And it was pretty damning information. And I think there's a reason they were trying to slow roll this because bringing this to today, which is as of, give you the, the front top page or where we're at, page 36, which is as of January 12th, as of today. Public Health Scotland, COVID-19 and Winter Statistical Report. Okay. So we're starting with cases. I have my page up here next to it as well. And this is the focal point today, guys. So I really want people to understand this. If, they, if, if we've gone over this before and it didn't really resonate with you, with you, it should. Not because I'm telling you that, that it's important, even though you don't think it is, but because if you don't see that this is important, then I, I argue you're misunderstanding it. Because this is really important. So this is just cases, okay? So before I get into the information and the breakdown from today, in case people don't understand this, I want to make this clear. Okay, so this is each one of these hospitalization cases and deaths. Each one of these graphs, at least on the Scotland report, is a month-long report. This is from December 11th, we'll give or take a few days. December 11th to January 7th. They break each line down by week. This is December 11th to December 17th. And it goes across. Okay, and they break this up in half. It should be one long line, but it goes from unvaccinated one dose, two dose, to booster dose, okay? Now, each week, you can see the comparison. So just taking unvaccinated versus one dose, you can see the breakdown of the week. So on December 11th to December 17th, you can see that in the unvaccinated category, in that week, there were 6,545 cases. Then next to that, you can see that the the breakdown per 100,000 in regard to just the unvaccinated category. So that means that 482.87 unvaccinated people in that week from December 11th to December 17th per 100,000 unvaccinated people would have gotten sick or, you know, told they were sick via PCR test. 
Okay, and that then compares with the next category. So you could jump over here and look at the one dose. Same idea. In the same week, you have 2,952 cases and the per 100,000 breakdown is 574.16 per 100,000 for everybody with one dose in that category in that week. Okay, so first of all, before we even go to two doses, recognize two things. In that first week we looked at, there's a markedly lower number of, of cases in the one dose category in that week, 2,952 compared to 6,545, right? But if you look at the per 100,000, we're already seeing that right now in that week, people who took one dose had a higher risk of getting a case than did people in that same week who had none. 482 per, per 100,000 compared to 574. So this is the reverse of the argument they keep making, arguing that that's what we're seeing in the other way, where you're going to see more cases, but you're going to have a higher risk in the unvaccinated. Well, right out of the gate, that's not even true. You can look at the number breakdowns. You can see all the, the dark, the bold numbers. That's the per 100,000 risk. And you can see that it's higher in every one dose category, every one of them. But that's not the most important part, right? Because what are they calling fully injected? two doses. So when you compare that, it gets exponentially worse. And we're just on cases. It's the same way everywhere across. So the overall breakdown you can see is that you're comparing the number of the week and seeing which one is more, which just shows you that, that who has the majority of that, whatever we're discussing in that time frame. Then you compare the per 100,000. And this is where they've been arguing we're wrong. Where no, the per 100,000 risk is still lower in every category for people that are injected. I'm here to show you that that's not true in Scotland in this last month, according to what they're showing us. So hopefully that's clear in every, every category. I'll still go back and point to these, but let's look at the data breakdown. So I still have this information up here for those watching. You could see this is the ones from last week. And I'll refer to these if I think it's important. But as of the 12th today, Public Health of Scotland, December 11th, or excuse me, that was, that's a, oh, that, that's right. December 11th to January 7th, one month period. Total COVID cases in that time period were 288,266. That's what we're looking at right here. All That's all these added up throughout the whole period. Okay. Unvaccinated people in this time frame accounted for only 14.7% of all the cases. Which account, which adds, which ends up being an 885 case per 100,000 risk. That is, that is, oops, that's the wrong one. That is this category right here. That's just this unvaccinated. Then you can look at the vaxxed category in this time frame, January, December 11th, January 7th, they accounted for 85.3%. Now that includes all of the vaccinated one dose, two dose, and three dose combined. But when you break down the most important part, you find that one dose has a risk of 1,189 1, cases per 100,000, more than the unvaxxed. Two dose has a 1,938 case per 100,000 risk. Three dose, still more, 1,146 cases per 100,000. In every single category, every one of them, in cases, they have a higher risk of getting sick, then do the unvaccinated in every possible category, across the board, every week, no matter what. That's very clear. So just on cases, it's clear that their narrative is falling apart completely. 
beyond a shadow of a doubt. In this one week, or in this one month in Scotland, that's all we're saying. I'm very clearly thinking it's everywhere. But somebody needs to, to address this if they're pretending that this is one weird caveat in the world, and we'll get into the other ones next. So, 85% of the cases are in the vaccinated, and their risk is higher in every single category per 100,000, period. More people are catching this and spreading it in the vaccinated than anywhere else. So that goes back to the point about the pandemic of the unvaccinated. What's actually constituting the pandemic itself, the spreading, the catching, and the promulgation of what we're talking about, right? Or I guess the, whatever, the continue, continue spread. So if that's the case, then this is obviously not a pandemic of the unvaccinated if this is what we're looking at. But let's go to the hospitalizations because this is where we get into the actual pro- the, the danger, which is something they don't want to get into because it's pretty obvious what we're actually looking at. Well, the last thing I'm going to make on every one of these categories back on this page, look at the last week. The last week, January 1st to January 7th, and this is why I keep telling you they really don't want us seeing, and even from the 25th forward, look at the breakdown. Look at the difference. Look at the increase. Two doses, which they're claiming is fully vaccinated, 2,499 cases per per 100,000. That's more than double. More than double. And it's, it's going up dramatically from that as well. And you'll see the same thing down here. Going to hospitalizations. Okay. <clears throat> Age standardized rate of acute hospital admissions. Uh, same time frame, December 11th to January 7th. Okay. Here's the data. Of the hospitalizations in this time frame, they're reporting 2,193 total in the, we- in the month period we're discussing. Unvaccinated in that time period account for only 25% of the hospitalizations. 25% which accounts for 63, which is 63 per 100,000. 63 per 100,000 of the, of the injected one dose, two dose, and three dose. They account for 75% of all the hospitalizations in that time frame. Now, the most important one in this, in this regard is specifically the two dose category, because that's all we're really comparing, to be quite honest. They don't want to talk about one dose. We're talking about two doses in their narrative in regard to fully injected. So break down those two comparisons. Look at the difference. December 11th to December 17th, there was 98 hospitalizations in the uninjected. (laughs) In the same time frame, in the same week, in the same group, there was 189 with two doses. Then take a quick glance at the per 100,000. That same week, it was 43.94 per 100,000 for the unvaccinated. Same week, people with two doses had a higher risk. 46.46 46.46 per 100,000. Now, yes, it kind of goes up and down in general. And I've been showing this the whole time. So the next one, it goes up here, it looks higher, 64 to 45. But recognize they still have more hospitalizations in the two-dose category. But even if you want to point to that and say, see, it goes, you know, the point is if their narrative, it shouldn't be 45 to 64. It should be almost all of them compared to a very fringe, small, rare grouping of people in the vet. That's not what we're seeing. So even then the narrative falls apart. But then look at the last week, which I keep showing you. Look at the risk, 59.17 per 100,000. In the fully injected, it is 130 per 100,000. More than double the risk in the last week. And then even crazier, oh, it's like that in the deaths, actually. We'll show you that next. But the point, bottom line, is to go back to the data to make it clear. Two dose has a risk of 75 hospitalizations per 100,000, whereas none has 63 per 100,000. 
pretty obvious. There's no misunderstanding this. And it's just simply going back to the point is if fully injected has a high risk and they're 75% of the total, what are we discussing here? What are we arguing? What's the debate? At the very least, you guys, they could argue that this is wrong somehow and Scotland made a mistake, but no one seems to be pointing at that. No one seems to be saying that. And by the way, it's been consistent every single report, including in the UK, including in Ontario. But then we'll go to the most important one. And as you know, this is the most important one because it's the real hospitalizations can be manipulated more than anything. Deaths are much more, are much harder to misrepresent. You could lie about how they died, but it's hard to pretend someone was, was died when they didn't die, right? Somebody could be in the hospital for a multitude of reasons when they don't really need to be there and that could be misrepresented, right? But this is very obvious to me. And why I think this one is the most incredible, the most important, you could see even one dose, guys, even the one dose category in many of these weeks is immediately higher than in general for the unvaccinated. 5.56 per 100,000 to 17. 17 for one dose. But in this category, the most important, again, unvaccinated versus fully vaccinated or injected. Sorry, <laughs> can't get past that for some reason. Oh my gosh. And of course, as I say that, damn it. I, did I say 2021 again today? I probably did. I can't believe I keep doing that. I apologize now that it's in the middle of the show. I keep saying 2021. And that's actually confusing people. And I apologize for that. I keep doing it on the, on the, on the image as well. I can't believe I forgot again today. I probably did. My apologies. 2022, as we all should know. Ah, okay. But two doses, unvaccinated, uninjected. See, you can see clearly that the total is really low for the uninjected. The total is quite high for the fully injected. On top of that, the per 100,000 is higher in every single week. Every single week. How do you explain that other than to realize what we're actually looking at? Every week, the per 100,000 is higher. So the entire month we're talking about, the people who had, were fully injected were at dramatically higher risk of dying. But, they, but they're going to pretend like we're all right. It's all pandemic of the, right? They just keep saying the lies. Here's the breakdown. These numbers are stark. There's been 240 deaths they're telling us in this time period from COVID-19. The uninjected account for only 19% of that total. The fully injected, 81% of the deaths in this month. Same last month, by the way, give or take. I mean, it was like 70 something, if we remember correct. Oh, actually, I've got it right here. Oh, but I believe, yeah, Public Health of Scotland right here. Look, this is the last report. They accounted for 81% of the total deaths. 81%. This is last. This is the last report. Here we are today. Same, same 81%. I mean, it, it's, I mean, that's, you can see that they're not even changing all that much. The hospitalizations last report were 73% for the fully injected. That went up to 75. Every one of these categories is in fact increasing. Look at the cases actually. 78% last report. This week, this report, 85%. Every category is getting more and more and it's slanting more and more to the fully injected. Back to the deaths. 19% uninjected, 81% fully injected. The risk for the uninjected is 4.8 deaths per 100,000. One dose alone, one dose alone goes up to 9.2 deaths per 100,000. And by the way, that's averaging, the, that's averaging the, the, four, the four weeks to the one month. Two doses, fully injected counts, to, counts for 7.7 .7 deaths per 100,000. You are of a higher risk 
of dying, a higher risk of being hospitalized, and a higher risk of ca- of catching this in Scotland in every possible way if you break down the data that they're telling you. And yet we're being told it's the pandemic of the inje- of the uninjected. Anybody? I mean, this is ridiculous. And even just to correlate this with the last week, the the last report from the UK, their newest report for this upcoming week hasn't come out yet. We'll be on that when it does. Here's the one from last time. Add these up and you can remember from the last show, what you're looking at here, uninjected account for only 28% of the deaths. Whereas the fully injected account for 72%. And then you can just take a quick glance at the most at risk and notice that it's obviously heavily slanted towards the fully injected. Now, the per 100,000, you could argue, is different. And this report, they do say that it's different. Down, But the point in my mind is that there's obvious reasons that we should be questioning this. The main point today is Scotland, because of how clear that is. I'm not arguing anything other than Scotland today. If anyone tells you that Scotland is dealing with anything but a pandemic of the injected aggressively, they're lying to you. And comparing to everything else, I think it's obvious. that I think what's happening is don't, don't miss that they're, like I said before, that the CDC is just weirdly leaving out hospitalization. Why? Because I think it's very obvious what's happening. Actually, just to jump ahead really quickly, since it's more relevant to the point I just said, here's Ontario that we just showed you. And this is weirdly, don't forget, they weirdly go, oh, whoops, due to a technical difficulty. Yeah, that was like this. This has been continuing. This has been a week long. They just continue to go, oop, technical difficulty. We can't show you the breakdown of the cases because it's aggressively slanted towards, you'd already know, everywhere. But here's even the most, this is as of January 7th. Look at the breakdown. 50% of the people in the ICU are people that are injected. Most of them are fully injected. How do you make sense of that if what they're saying is true? Here's the other part. This is just in hospital. ICU is 50%, more than 50%, in fact. But people just in hospital, it's almost 70, it's actually over 75% are people with injections. Almost 75% is fully injected. But we're pretending this, I mean, come on, guys. This is impossible to miss. And you look, I'm going to, this is as of the last, this is as of the seventh, but let's just go, uh, up day by day. This is the reports as up to today. And you'll watch that it stays the same or gets worse. Oop, yeah, that gets worse. That was the next report. And it's gotten worse in the ICU. More people with injections. And it goes back down a little bit, but it's basically the same. This is as of January 12th, today. You can see right there. Still the same way. So this whole week has changed and it wasn't some caveat or some little asterisk. No, it's continued to get worse. Most people in the hospital and the ICU are people that are fully injected in Ontario. But let's keep pretending it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? This is also Ontario. Same point in regard to cases. And this is also the last report they put out. And you can see, as we showed you before, unvaccinated account for only 14% of all the cases. And that risk of specifically just getting infection is 24.2 per one, for 1 million person days, <laughs> which I, I don't even know. What, I don't, it doesn't even matter how it con, con, uh, compares to per 100,000. That's their metric. They're using rate per 1 million person days. And they're saying it's 24.2 per 1 million person days. Look at the breakthrough cases. That accounts for 77.3% of all their cases. And of course, just to be clear, we're talking about confirmed COVID lineage of Omicron. That's what we're talking about here. That's what they're, but remember, they're telling you that's the majority. But not, but aside from all of that, back to the point of risk and the pandemic of the injected, 36.3 compared to 24. Breakthrough has a high, people who have both injections have a higher risk than do people who are not. It's plain as day. 
And then even the post three or post dose three guys, this is the point I keep making. The scientific research backed this up before the CEO of Pfizer came out and said misinformation. It's right in front of you. Post three or post dose three has a higher risk of getting an infection than people who are uninjected in Ontario as of this time frame. It's right in front of you. 24.2 compared to 30.5. So ask yourself, if the third dose is supposed to help you and make it better, how is it more risky to have the third dose than to have none of them? Oops. Well, I think this is very clear. And I, I actually wanted this to be a much shorter video than I've made it. It was more the the opening that took too long. But I think this is undeniably clear. I mean, am, am I missing something? Tell me in the chat. I don't know. I don't understand how this report and the data in Scotland, death specifically, does not immediately stop this. Where are all the honest people out there? I'm not saying there's not a lot of them. I know you're in the chat, all the people in independent media, but with people who are in the mainstream that don't really see it, that are kind of going along to get along, this should ex- record screech over. This should, this should be, every, if, if there was honest reporting in any mainstream media in the world, this would be on every single channel everywhere. How do we explain this? What Fauci said does not add up with what we're seeing in Scotland. Let's discuss this, dissect it. Not happening. It's obvious. But we'll leave it there because I'm going to keep talking about this and we're going to keep dissecting this. My question in my mind is like, am I missing something? Like, do you, is this as important as I think it is? Because I, I mean, it's, this is huge to me. And credit to credit where credit is due to all the others that have been doing this before we started talking about this. I actually forget who it was that first caught my attention on the UK one. I forget, but there's a lot, there's been a lot of independent media people out there that have driven this into my view. And I'm on this, all three of them, the UK, Ontario, and Scotland are seemingly the ones continually reporting the breakdown of the vaxxed versus unvaxxed and the one dose, which is hugely important, which is again, how I argue that they're manipulating this information removing hospitalizations, only showing you unvaxxed, fully vaxxed. And then, of course, the numbers, again, don't forget, are wrong based on what they're saying in the media right now. Now, going back to the point about this, which was the whole idea, if you have more one doses who aren't going back versus fully, and people, those are people that are then getting sick because it will increase their illness, that's an easy way to, to manipulate the information, which is probably why you omit that category, right? Just my thoughts. And right down here again, it says refers to individuals that have received both doses of a Health Canada authorized injection or one dose of the same idea, one of a series, right? Which again, that includes people with 14 days after both of those shots. But it also, of course, says, or, you know, three doses of any product. And get this, I mentioned this last time, but look at what it says. Health Canada authorized or not. (laughs) That's fantastic. So it could be some, you know, back corner alley version. Yeah, whatever. As long as you got a third one, we'll count it. I know that's not what they're probably saying. They're meaning like, you know, another one from the U.S. or something like that. But it says, authorized or not. And then I just want to include just because. Oh, well, actually, this was, uh, I want to make the point about this. Same idea. This is the United States. Because the point was, we're pointing to Ontario right here to make the point about the doses. To bring it relevant to the CDC report. How many do you think are in the U.S.? More than that. A lot more. So by the way, don't forget that we're barely over 60%, and that's after months and months and months of aggressive coercion, threats, manipulation, firing, uh, arrests, you know, I mean, unbelievable uh, totalitarian action, and we're barely past 60%. The majority of this country does not agree with what they're doing, guys. It's never been more clear. But look at this breakdown. 
so you can see, oh, maybe I can zoom in a little bit. There we go. Here it is right here. At least one dose. Look at how many people. 247,321,023 people. I mean, guys, 75% of the population has one dose. That's it. At least one dose. And again, my same point, they would be included and fully vaccinated if they were a one-dose Johnson & Johnson regimen that would be, well, that's fully vaccinated, right? 247 million people with one dose in the United States, oh, excuse me, uh, yeah, this, with the United States. This is the U.S. information, making sure I didn't have it on the, on the world. It's obvious, right there, okay? So if we are looking at 247 million, in fact, more than the total, just like we're seeing in Ontario, can we not ask? Or at least, can we not recognize that that's an easy number to not include? It would change the entire face of the study, the entire face of the graph, or the breakdown, or the stats. That's obvious. If you have a, to- a number that's more than the entirety of the fully vaccinated category you're comparing it to, you could change everything with a flick of your finger, with a with a whatever, with a click of the mouse, however, whatever you want to say. And that's, again, why I'm pointing out that they're not including that category. If you don't realize why that's important, and I'm not saying I can, that means it proves anything, it just means that that's not accurate. And it could be easily slanted. Put all of those in the unvaccinated, and there you go. Instantly, you've got this graph that makes it look like it's completely slanted one way. And by the way, that's what they're doing, guys. That's not even a secret. People who have one shot are in that category. They have told you that. Oh, and, and the point, I, I had this little, little disjointed, but just to make this point again clear, as they, oh yeah, it was to this point about the, oh, that's where it was, the Canada one right here, in regard to the authorized or not, right? So go ahead and just get a third dose of whatever, which is what they're letting people do. Because I know people in my family that have gotten one of Johnson and Johnson and then just two other different shots that weren't even related, not Johnson, not like a Pfizer, then a Moderna. I'm not kidding, by the way. And just to make sure we include this for you guys to remember, here's the information from Pfizer, from the European Union, there's the biotech right there, November 2021, and it says very clearly interactions with other vaccines. COVID vaccines will be, oh, it says right here, studies to determine if the co-administration of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine with other vaccines, like the flu vaccine, like a Moderna or, vac- or COVID or any other ones, any other vaccine may affect the efficacy or safety of the vaccine may not, may have not been performed. They don't know. Oh, just so since we're here, long-term safety data, as of November, the long-term safety data of COVID vaccine is unknown at present. Oh, good. They're going to continue to do that for two more years. That's all fake news on the, on mainstream if you talk about that. But there's more in here that we've talked about many times. I'm going to use one more in a point coming up soon and later in the show. But also in people with autoimmune inflammatory disorders or, you know, people with immunocompromised issues, even though they're screaming they should get it first. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known in immunocompromised individuals. Right. But let's get it to them first, because we don't know if it's safe for their safety. Of course, right? Of course, that makes sense. In the broken logic of clown world today, of course, that makes sense. That's a crime, guys. That's a, an outrageous crime. We don't know if it's safe, yet give it to them, because why? Narrative. But bringing this over, oh, I, we, I just again, to recognize the point that the, the hospitalizations in Ontario are all aggressively on the side of the fully injected, and we already went over this one, too. It's obvious, right? Very, very clear. Now, going over to what we are seeing right now, just to finish up the show here and a couple important points, as the Defender points out, the things that they're hiding behind their lie about the pandemic of the uninjected. 
autopsy. Now, this, by the way, is not the first. We already reported on, as far as I could tell, the very first autopsy of a person who was injected. And remember, the report found that there was mRNA everywhere in their body, in all of their organs. That got suppressed. It didn't get deleted. It's still there. We've talked about it more than once. But apparently those kind of facts don't matter in the clown world we live in today. Autopsy confirms 26-year-old's death from myocarditis directly caused by Pfizer injection. But of course, they'll be dismissed. The doctor will probably get fired. doesn't matter. Like, this is how this goes. This is the finding, and we know this is the truth. But when it gets reported, it's fake news, even though they've admitted it can happen. In an exclusive interview, Joseph Keating's mother said her son's only warning signs were fatigue, muscle soreness, and an increased heart rate. Yet an autopsy confirmed he died of myocarditis directly caused by the Pfizer's COVID inject- injection. Read it for yourself. It's a really sad reality that this is being suppressed. Here's another one. This is from Brazil. This is translated from Brazil. SC Health Surveillance investigates death of teenager after Pfizer vaccine. 13-year-old. The Santa uh, Catarina Epidemiological Surveillance Directorate, or DIVE, investigates the death that occurred on Monday 10th of a 13-year-old girl in the city of, uh, well, I might mispronounce it, but due to an alleged reaction of the Pfizer vaccine. Now it says the daughter received the first dose of the vaccine on November 9th and five days later presented with Bell's palsy. Yeah, because we know that's totally common, right? The idea that that's common and what happened just like that right afterward is utterly absurd. Is it, can it happen? Of course it can. But now that they've admitted that Bell's palsy is a possible side effect and it happens right after the injection, we all need to understand what this is showing us, or at the very least, most likely. Then when it goes forward, it becomes more clear. And then don't forget that these are being shown by the doctors to be connected as it does. We'll see this as we go forward. Alice says that after treatment with Codacor steroids, the girl's symptoms worsened and she was hospitalized on December 29th, which is what we keep seeing in when it's a vaccine-induced problem. It doesn't, it, things that would normally work don't. With respiratory depression, subsequently, she was intubated and transferred to the Jonah Day Guzmo Children's Hospital on January 2nd. According to the girl's mother, after several tests, an infection was detected in the brain but without a defined cause. And these are all these red flags that point to something like the injection as actual honest experts have told us. The one, the lead, um, uh, what was it? The lead coroner, I believe, or they basically spoke out about this from Pittsburgh, I believe, and said, if we have no clear cause and there's an obvious issue and we're talking about the vaccine, that's a clear indication that's most likely the injection. Especially when we see these secondary infections like this in the brain. We've already made the clear connection to what's causing that, or at least that these injections have an obvious possibility of doing that because of how they're made and without a defined cause. There you go. The doctor informed that they carried out the treatment with antibiotics, but they were not able to lower the patient's fever. Same point. Quote, they tried all night, but in the, mo- in, in the, but the morning her condition worsened. Right, so if it's an infection, you're giving the antibiotics and doing what you normally do with an infection, you would see something, but they didn't. It got worse because it's not a normal infection. And then they called me in the living room and that, that said that nothing more could be done as the infection had reached an important part of the brain. At 10, at 10 15, my mother passed away, my daughter passed away. Right, so this is immediately after this, within a week, we, she dies. After getting Bell's palsy, then progresses to a brain infection, then dies. Alice claims that her daughter had no health problems and that so far the cause of death has not been discovered. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love how they always, oh, she claims this, right? Isn't this a journalistic outlet? Couldn't you have looked into that before you wrote that and that it sound like she's lying? I mean, it's just so strange how they frame these things. Now, Dive informed in a note that it is investigating the death of the girl, notified by the municipality as a possible post-vaccine adverse event, temporarily associated with the application of the vaccine. 
How sad these things are being dismissed as it happens everywhere. Now, here's where I first saw this on the COVID world, and they, they included uh, some posts, which are pretty sad. Here are some pictures, which are real, of the girl before she died. This is what she was dealing with before she died. Now, here is the actual post. You can see that this is, these are the pictures, and you can look at this for yourself. It's pretty sad, right? Now, here's a really upsetting post from the Los Angeles Times. Mocking anti-vaxxers' COVID deaths is ghoulish, yes, but maybe necessary. Now, from this from the very beginning of all this, they've been trying so hard to frame on all of us as, as the anti-vaxxers who hate people and are mean and sociopathic and are spitting on people and trying to get them sick. And now, personally, maybe I just don't see it, but I haven't seen any of that other than on social media, and it's been few and far between. Now, what I've seen an endless amount of on the media and everywhere else is people like this who are rationalizing why we should attack the unvaccinated because they're the ones that are doing something, but are really doing nothing, in fact. They're not, so that's, that's literal. They're anti, by the way, I'm not even anti-vaxxer, what they're calling them. Anybody who doesn't agree with their narrative is anti-vax, even those with two shots right now, not getting, not getting a third. So they're arguing that anybody who's unvaccinated if they die from something and they call it COVID, that we should make that should be something we delight in, mock them for. Now, the sick part of that is that's what they're claiming we are doing, right? And I'm not doing that. Makes me sad anytime I see anybody anywhere, including even these sociopathic war criminals, because I cherish life, even though I'm immediately following that with, well, what am I doing, Ryan? Those people are terrible, but that's just how I feel. That's just me, obviously, but but the point here is that they're framing this as a way to, to, it's okay for them to make fun of you if you die from something. Like, let's just say you're wrong. Let's just say we're all wrong and the, that's the best thing you should do. Is it still okay as a per, to relish in somebody's death because they were wrong and you were right? Guys, this is, these are bad people. There's never a moment where that's something that should be acceptable. But because they are trying to rationalize and hide behind the illusion, they need this to happen. They need those people to come after us. This is bad. And of course, if it was the other way around, it would be, look at how bad those people are. They love it when you get, like, it's just, it's, it's wrong in every possible way. But this is what's happening right now. They're lying about it. They're trying to hide behind this. They want to relish in your pain. It's pretty sad that people have been pushed to this. Now, the reality is, guys, I don't think this is even remotely the majority. This is a fringe minority of people on both sides of the two-party illusion that they're using to drive this in. Obviously, more so on the left at this moment, but it always flips and flops. I think the vast majority of you out there, definitely the ones watching the show, are very aware of that, or at least kind of hopefully balancing So at this point, because I've been screaming about it long before COVID-19. You are not alone. You are the majority. I think we're seeing that today. But here's what we see instead. Despite the evidence that shows you, at the very least, by the way, that the vaccinated are spread are catching the cases and spreading it more than anybody, then realize that data does not back up the fact that they're even getting hospitalized and sick more than anybody else, despite them yelling numbers all over the place but don't even add up, 13 times, 14 times, 30 times, whatever makes you scared. Well, here's Quebec forcing the unvaccinated to pay financial penalties. That's really happening. Here's New York Post. They're going to impose a health tax. They're actually calling it a health tax not on, get this, not on the sick, but on the unvaccinated. And this is, again, the final step in trying to conflate anybody who is not injected to just being sick. That is so irresponsible and irrational, I can't even stand it. And that's on purpose. You are not sick by default. 
You are not sick until proven healthy. This is the newest state of the the biosecurity police state that we're in. Just like before with the terrorist idea, you were, and even though they said that's not true, you were definitely guilty until proven innocent. That's how this system has always worked, despite the fact that we yell the opposite. This is just the new stage of that. You are now sick until proven healthy. That's why we began this with quarantining the healthy. Not just the people, but everybody until we prove they weren't. This is always the plan, guys. So if you're putting a tax on somebody who's not injected, let's just, okay, let's do it like a little now, a little microcosm here. So you're an uninjected person. You never leave your house. You order everything. You stay at home. You do nothing. Who are you really putting at risk when that's happening? Nobody, in fact. Maybe at a fringe, you know, small stretch, if you want to believe their narrative, anybody who may come in close contact with your house, it's ridiculous. Okay. The point is that you're not, you're not sick, you're uninjected and you're at home and you're completely guided in quarantine. You shouldn't have to do that, but let's just use that as an analogy today. Then you've got the person who's injected, who's told they can do whatever they want. They're wearing a mask, which increases their risk of infection. They're taking injections with increased their risk of infection and their heart cardiac risk, which is different. Then we're seeing that the, that the majority of these people are catching it and spreading it who are per, currently unjected. And they claim it reduces their symptoms, so they're only mildly sick. Okay, but they're still sick, they say. And they're still spreading it, and they're still catching it, which is they've all admitted. Okay, so why is that person in his home who's not injected being taxed while the person walking around spreading this thing, again, within their narrative, is the one who is not a danger and shouldn't be taxed? Who's actually increasing the health risk? You see, they're framing it the other way around because they want that to be the case. Even if that unvaccinated person was wandering the streets, they still have to catch this thing, if you even believe it's there, which was a lower risk than the flu for the vast majority of people. Then they have to actually get sick, which is a second part that we don't really talk about. People can get infected or either get virus circulating through the body and never even get infected. That's something that people like Kerry Mollis and plenty of others have talked about a long time ago, and we don't even discuss that you can have this and not even get sick, which is what the PCR test does not differentiate. It's yes or no, not sick or not. And then if they caught it, then they would have to even cast it to somebody else. And then you could argue that person might be a conscientious person and stay home because they're sick and so on and so on. The idea that you have to tax them to take an injection, it doesn't stop them from spreading it and doesn't actually decrease their risk, actually increases a lot of other things is unbelievably irresponsible, irrational, dangerous, criminal. But don't worry, though, because the uh, Ontario premier is saying we aren't going down that road, though talking about a tax for the unvaccinated, right? We're not going to do it. I know Quebec's doing it, but don't worry. We're not going to. But if this pandemic manipulation, or rather this the politician narrative around it all from day one is any indication, well, that means absolutely nothing. Let's put it this way. If politics as we've known it our entire lives is any indication, that is the most meaningless statement of all time. Here's Pelosi about forcing injections, you know, back before they started forcing injections. So here's the thing. We are we cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. Oh yeah, isn't that funny? That's exactly what we've been saying. Now, don't miss don't don't try to play a game here. She she's not the they are forcing it right now. They are forcing it on people in 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 the government, people in hospitals, like that's their, they're forcing it. It's not, they're not allowing the businesses to do so. They're doing so. Okay. So that Fauci here back in, in September, 2021 openly said, we can't do that. And then I did it pretty stupid, but same point.
that doesn't matter. Him saying that is because he knows it's sensitive to get you to think, oh, good, and they do it anyway. As long as they can give you some feeble excuse in two days that justifies why they changed their mind, even though they never really changed anything. Well, it's coming to you too, guys. Let's be clear about this. This is coming your way. The agenda of swirls and flows and shifts and, you know, for Israel screams at the fourth shot and then Reuters comes out and, and Pfizer comes out and says, no, we don't need it just yet. No, the fourth one's not even going to need it. Well, the third one is pause and, you know, it, it ebbs and it flows. Then they come, oh no, a new variant. Okay, let's discuss the third one again. None of this is actually changing. Their narrative is set. They're just changing what they say about it around it to you so they keep you moving forward. That's my opinion, obviously, but I think it's pretty clear that's been going this way. Here's forwards from August 8th, 2021. Coming soon for the unvaccinated, a $50 monthly paycheck deduction from your employer. Oh, cool. Based on what exactly? What? It literally was. So apparently she says you can't force it, but yet here we are forcing it, right? Creating a situation. Oh, where was I? Oops, jumping too far ahead. <laughs> Dang it. Create a situation where you're going to allow the employer to take money from you for what exactly? Don't forget that the idea of the undue burden of not being injected has very clearly been overshadowed by the wild and obvious undue burden that this entire infrastructure has put on businesses. It's incredible to pretend that the the necessity and the mandates and the requirements and the checks and balances and passports and logins and all that's less problematic for them than just not doing anything which is what the alternative would be, not forcing them to do it. And that's an undue burden where this isn't? Guys, that's crazy. And they know that. They're losing control of this. But this was in August. Let's go step forward to August 27th. Here's Politico. The unvaxxed tax, right? If you didn't hear about this, it's because they didn't really want you to. They were slyly, quietly getting these out in their own circles. It's always been building. It's been building. Here it is in September. Make the unvaccinated pay their own way. Right? You're, he's lucky to be alive after an unvaccinated. It's, it's just so, they, they get you these emotional ploys. Oh, look at this guy who didn't get a shot and said you're all crazy and then he died. I could show you a thousand examples of the same thing in reverse. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything disconnected from data and facts. Did the person actually die from COVID? Did he get a PCR test that told him he had something else? Was it the flu? Was it pneumonia? Who knows? Who cares? Did he have one shot? It doesn't, none of it matters because it's all about getting you emotionally manipulated into thinking that he made the wrong choice. Whatever you make is your choice, not the right choice. It's up to you. You get to decide. Here is Bloomberg. Greece imposes $114 monthly fine on unvaccinated people over 60, right? The people that are at the most risk, including from the shot. Prime Minister calls it a health fee. That's not a joke. It's like the Patriot Act. It's a health fee. We're going to charge you money as a health fee unless you do something that's really dangerous for your health. But it's not a punishment, though. It's a health fee. These people are so childish. Even if it's a health fee, you're still, still a punishment. You're punishing them for not doing what they're supposed to. That was November 30th, 2021. It's all happening already. And here it is so you can see it because Bloomberg puts their paywall, of course. And just interesting, so I want to include, that was the other one I was going to circle back to. Here's the Pfizer, same page, same information as of November. The use in frail patients with comorbidities. Now that can apply to a frail younger person, but let's be obvious, that's clearly an older person. Old people who are in the hospital dying from whatever are frail patients with comorbidities. Here's what their recent information that is not a, right as of right now, this is the current information. It says there's limited information on the safety of the vaccine in frail people with comorbidities. Okay, so we have limited information on whether it's even healthy for older people, and yet here we are 
doing right now, arguing that that's what needs to happen for older people, that we force it on them first. They're right now imposing, they're, they're going to fine elderly people if they don't take this injection. That's where we are. That's not trusting the science. That's literally counter to the science. But here's where we are right now. This is December 22nd. Forbes, the U.S. should tax unvaccinated people. See how, see how that goes? Here we are now, and they're now, they've laid the groundwork for how they can rationalize it, and now they're going to make it happen. Now, whether the tax actually happens or not, it's just the pressure being applied to force you into doing what they want, regardless of whether it's actually healthy, safe, legal, or just. It does not matter. But one thing that clearly matters for them that they maintain the entire time while they're forcing this on you and destroying your lives and your jobs and your wellness and everything, Pfizer and Biotech and Moderna right this moment are making $1,000 profit every second right now. $1,000 profit every second for being selfless and philanthropic and for you, right? Clearly. That's while they're destroying everything in front of you and your health, obviously. But then to finish off, this is to show you that it's not going away unless you make it go away. Unless you stand up, this is not stopping. CBC in Canada reports federal contracts poised to deliver 100 million vaccine doses annually for years. 100 million doses every year for years. But yeah, it's going to go away the moment we fight, right? Tomorrow. Go back to normal. If you all just take the shot tomorrow, we'll go back to normal, right? No, because they have contracts with Pfizer that they can't break and they're going to use those damn shots. You better believe it. That's already been shown. Those secret contracts have already come out. Canada should get, should get enough doses to give two or three more mRNA shots to every Canadian every year until at least 2024. This is mainstream media. There, this is, guys, this is fake news if I say it on Twitter. Here they are telling you if you just have the ears to hear it, the eyes to see it. They have enough to give two or three more shots every year until 2024, do you forever going to pretend like next year or the year after that, it's just going to go away? They're telling you, you're going to have three, two, three shots, which by the way, is more than once every six months for the rest of your life. Oh, until 2024, until we reevaluate and push you out to 2030, because that's where it's going. German police under fire for misuse of contact tracing app. Gee, who would have thought just like France got caught, just like Israel got caught. But let's pretend like we're all just, it's just, those are the bad apples, right? No, guys, this is the plan. And they get caught and we just go, oh, well, they was one person or they misused it. They didn't misuse it. They used it exactly as they planned and somebody pointed at it. They're using your information to track you for other things completely unrelated to COVID. Now, remind me, who said that would happen? Anybody honest, that's right. Anybody who had even the remotely who had two brain cells to rub together, who had even the smallest amount of research before this started, saw this is where it was going to go. Why? Because this is where it always goes and always has. Those that yelled at you and said you were a conspiracy theorist were either too stupid to look into it, which means you shouldn't listen to them, or they're lying for some very clear reason. This is tracking you. It's following you. It's categorizing you. It's keeping all of you. This is a social credit score, guys. And they're now tracking you and and going after you and information they have based on a criminal case that they're investigating. And they come after you because it all adds up inside their contact tracing app. Here's what Bernie's tweets points out. German police used a contact tracing app to track down witnesses in a crime. She said, I told you so. Small step to social credit systems already begun. Right. Right. All these people supporting the I mean, whether it's Republican or not, whether when Trump was in office, same thing. 
Trying a bad guy as we sprint in the direction of the same system they have. Your life will never be the same. Government control on acid. I agree. They're driving you towards the same system as they pretend that's not the case. Now, here is the point that I was alluding to. Boris Johnson is one of the people arguing that this is what we're going to be doing. One shot every four. I mean, guys, this is everywhere. Trust and Trudeau, Biden, Boris, you know, all the puppets out there. They're all telling you that this is where this is going to go. And then, like clockwork, they keep getting caught breaking the rules that they swear are for our safety, that they all care about, that they violently arrest people for breaking elsewhere. And they come up and go, we're so sorry. And then break it again. We're so sorry. And they break it again. Trudeau's been caught two or three times, I think. But let's pretend like it still keeps going. Either they know they don't really matter and they know it's not real or they have something that protects them. I mean, you tell me. Here's British Prime Minister Boris Johnson offering his heartfelt apology for attending a bring-your-own-booze gathering at his official residence during the country's first coronavirus lockdown as opponents said he must resign. Mr. Speaker, I want to apologize. I know that millions of people across this country have made extraordinary sacrifices over the last 18 months. I know the anguish that they have been through, unable to mourn their relatives, unable to live their lives as they want, or to do the things they love. And I know the rage... Look at all of them wearing those masks. By the way, many of those are cloth masks, which are we already know don't work, and that doesn't matter, apparently. And even they're admitting don't work, but apparently it doesn't matter because there's a nice safety blanket. It makes them feel safe, right? But even those medical ones in the random controlled trial of cloth masks showed you that 50% of the time it doesn't even stop droplets and that they weren't statistically significant in stopping transmission. But who cares, though, right? Because it makes you look safe. They feel with me and with the government I lead, when they think that in Downing Street itself, the rules are not being properly followed <laughs> by the people who make the rules. Which is exactly what happened. But, here, but here's my sorry, so it makes it go away, apparently. And though I cannot anticipate the conclusions of the current inquiry, I have learned enough to know that there were things we simply did not get right. And I must take responsibility. Oh, good. So let's let's make sure we remember that and put him in prison, because that would be responsibility for the egregious crimes that were carried out, knowing what they were doing was dangerous and wrong and hurtful and incorrect and anti-science. Right. But that's not what's going to happen. Number 10 is a big department with the gardeners as an extension of the office, which has been in constant use because of the role of fresh air in stopping the virus. And when I went into that garden just after six on the 20th of May, 2020, to thank groups of staff before going back into my office 25 minutes later to continue working, I believed implicitly that this was a work event. Jeez. But Mr. Speaker, with hindsight, I should have sent everyone back inside. I should have found some other way to thank them. And I should have recognized that even if it could be said technically to fall within the guidance, there would be millions and millions of people who simply would not see it that way. People who suffered terribly, people who were forbidden from meeting loved ones at all, inside or outside. And to them, 
and to this house I offer my heartfelt apologies. And all I ask is that Sue Gray be allowed to complete her inquiry into that day and several others so that the full facts can be established. And I will, of course, come back to this house and make a statement. Mr. Speaker, this morning I had meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in this house, I shall have further such meetings later today. You love that? So investigation? Okay, don't you have all the information? Aren't you, you literally were the one there, but you're going to let an investigation care and then have a comment? Why don't you just, I mean, it's just, this is such a ridiculous show. Now, note here, guys, that what is being said by Reuters is what the reality is. And the current step of the, this is him standing up and going, lie, 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 work event, and maybe okay. No, sorry, buddy. Bring your own booze and your own official residence is not even remotely okay. And he know what in regard to what they're telling you, not to say that that's something we shouldn't be allowed to do, but what they're saying. And yet he lies. Now, as I understand it, he's actually in a really bad situation politically. Good. But as I've always said, you know what happens to people in these positions? They resign in disgrace, and that's usually enough. Are you damn are you, enough? For who exactly? For their insider circle. They should go to prison, right? If you're going to say, if you resi resign in disgrace because you got caught for breaking the law, that's not enough for me. Next time I get caught doing a, committing a massive crime, can I, get, can I quit my job and pretend like that's enough? <laughs> no, that doesn't work for us, right? Shouldn't work for you. You get to help. If you want to be held accountable, you get legally held accountable. They never do that because it's going to come back to bite the other people later who hold them accountable when they come out of office. Heartfelt apologies for doing exactly what he and others have been people. He and others had people violently arrested for, guys. Sure, no biggie, Boris. Now go back to attacking and disparaging those who break the rules you privately don't care about. This is like the 30th leader who has been caught. Finally, to finish. Brian Richmond pointed this out from After Hours Live. White House adding new concrete barrier today. They are fortifying what should be the most secure place in the country. Prediction, big news coming. Here's the live feed. You can watch for yourself. As I said, my opinion, <clears throat> they're preparing to protect themselves from the American people. Even leaked Pentagon documents, as we discussed over the last decade, as you guys remember, we've talked about this before, there's leaked Pentagon documents revealed how they see us, the American people, as the battle of the future. That's not an opinion. That's literally what their documentation showed, that they were considering that as the future battle. Their actions, if you ignore the narrative they sell you alongside it, reveal to you their true intentions. That should show you something, that it appears to us that they're getting ready for something, and they're scared of you. That's my point from before. It's not because of right now only. They're always scared of you guys. They're always aware that the one thing that scares them the most is empowering people enough to recognize that they're manipulating you. You know that scares them in some way. Like whether it's like I'm super scared or just, uh, you know, a, a, a thought that if that should happen, well, that would be alarming because they lose their power. The point is that's where we're currently getting to right now. And I do believe that scares them. That's just my opinion. But at the very least, I know you are making a difference. What you're doing right now, sharing the information, continuing to, to push this out there, to question the narrative, you are making a difference. That's why this is happening. So keep it up. This could not be more clear. I wanted it to be shorter, to be honest, because I was hoping this could be easier to share with people. But maybe we can clip out just that middle part in regard to the data. Man, who knows? Get this out there, guys. People need to see what's going on. Because a lot of them out there, they just don't have it in front of them. 
And if you really open it up and show them the information, I mean, just take the link and break it down in front of them. It's undeniable, at least in Scotland as of this moment. And here we are. So thank you for fighting, guys. Keep fighting. I love you all, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. There's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. The booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. The plan is for every every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, Clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever been involved in.